Ivy and the CIA, an interview with Robert Cornish. Hi, Robert. It's so awesome to bring you on our podcast. Welcome. I'm really happy to be here. Exciting. Can you tell us a little bit about your background or anything you want to share with our audience? Because they're getting to know you for the first time. Well, you know, I think the thing that uh, really (laughs) in my background that um, uh, is significant here is that I was a race car driver for over 20 years. (laughs) And uh, I was one of the best, one of the top drivers in the country in the category that I raced in, which was Formula V. It's an open wheel category, um, highly competitive. Um, you can go on on uh, on on YouTube and see videos of of uh, the runoffs at Road Atlanta and so forth. And um, so that's what I did. And um, so my my goal was to win the national championship, which I competed eleven times to be able to win that race. You had to you had to earn your way into the race first of all. Um, but I failed to win. And um, what that was because um, I never sought help or, or engagement from others for my performance. And that's a, that's the quality of race car drivers. We're very low in deference. We tend to want to do things ourselves, and uh, except for the great ones. <laughs> And I didn't know that until afterwards. <laughs> um, and that's why I coached, um, I've coached 14 national champions once I started coaching. And in- including three drivers who were in the race that I failed to win 11 and 11 attempts, they finished first, second, and third, which was <laughs> uh, about the happiest day of my life at that time. <laughs> I can share that. But it, it, what I found is that, and now, um, as I got in more into coaching, and um, um, it's not what I tell people. It's how I engage people. And it's, um, that's, that's the effect of a good conversation. Um, and it applies in business. It applies to your family and relationships. If you know how to uh, uh, engage in a conversation, which ultimately is being optimistic and building trust. Your life is great. So Robert, it's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, My name is Dan, and I'm going to be getting to know you today along with our audience. Um, And it sounds really cool. I love your background and experience. And it sounds like you've moved from being a race car driver yourself to obviously you said coaching people. Do you coach people just in race car driving or do you coach in other areas of life as well? A great question. And actually, um, I, I have a couple of uh, clients that are that either were or or are, are race car drivers. Um, but that's not my focus um, anymore. It's really around uh, um, achieving high, high performance in anything and particularly in business and for and for small business owners in particular. Um, the quality of the performance of the and the interconnection of of their employees and their team is is critical. And I've learned a lot about this. I actually read the book Tribal Leadership 
um, by uh, Dave Logan and um, John King. And I uh, actually worked with them um, as a trainer in their, in their organization on the tribal leadership uh, perspective. And it really is, there's, there's, in business, there's stages of culture that they identified. Um, the most common stage is stage three, which is I'm great and you're not, is the language of it. And so um, when you move a culture to stage four, the, the language is we are great. And when you know how to engage people, in, in, in a we conversation, then the, then the level of performance is three to five times what a stage three culture produces. And that's what I'm up to. That is so fascinating. Can you take us through each of the stages? Because this is my first time hearing about it. Sure. So um, stage one is life sucks. And Life sucks for everybody, for anybody who's, who's at stage one. And think of being in prison. When you're in prison, you're at stage one. <laughs> um, or in a gang or something like that. Stage two is um, uh, life sucks, um, but not not... Um, it's uh, life sucks for me, but not for everybody. In other words, you see, there's a, there's an opportunity to be better than, than with your life. Stage three is I'm great and you're not. That's the dominant business culture in our, in our society. The I'm great person is the leader or the owner and the employees are the, and you're not. Or, or in a in a, in a team within a larger company, um, that's the typical way that they're run, and um, so that's that's kind of the norm for most for most organizations and, and businesses. To reach stage four, that's we're great, and what and what differentiates the stage four is that they form. Uh, what are called um, natural triads. In other words, there's three people connected together. Um, and a two-person or, or a dyadic relationship can, can be um, one person can say something that makes another person upset, and it goes back and forth, and um, they stay in that upsetness for a long time. When there's a third person, that third person can stabilize what's going on with the other two. And this happens naturally in, in, that, in that kind of relationship. Now, in an organization, if you create that level of engagement throughout the organization, now you have a network of triadic relationships. And when somebody comes up with a great idea, it spreads throughout the company like wildfire because people are communicating and sharing each other. Hey, this is great. <laughs> we, we should be doing this. And all of a sudden that gets spread around the, around the company. I'm curious, you, have you ever ridden in a car, a DeLorean? Have you ever ridden in a DeLorean before? Um, I haven't. 
Okay. So in the movie Back to the Future, I'm not sure if you've ever seen it, they use oh, yeah. a DeLorean as a time machine. Right. And uh, if you had that time machine from Back to the Future, you could travel back in time and you could visit your younger self, right? Before you even started racing and you could give your younger self some advice from everything you've learned. What advice would you give your younger self and why that specific advice? Wow. Um, well, that's interesting because earlier in my life, <laughs> um, uh, my mom passed away when I was two years old. And back in those days, um, there was no daycare for, for, for kids or anything like that. So my dad um, wanted to keep me with him. Um, so he placed me with, with, with families to take care of me during the day while he, while he worked and so forth. So I never really had a stable uh, family situation until um, my dad remarried again. Um, but in that time frame, I started to stutter. And because of the stuttering, I was really in a pessimistic frame of mind most of the time because I was afraid to talk, that I would be laughed at, particularly in school, um, and, and made fun of and all those things. So um, I, I've experienced the level of pessimism in my life at a, at a significant level. And when I started racing, you can't be successful without being optimistic on the racetrack. <laughs> you can't keep your foot flat on the gas and, and enter a high-speed corner that you can't even see the exit on without trust that it's going to be okay. So um, I have that built-in experience of both uh, pessimism and optimism at extreme levels in my, in my life. And that's the thing that I recognize is the most important thing now uh, to bring to the world is to, uh, is to, is to intentionally be optimistic and to actively build trust with, with the people that you're, that you're engaged with. I love your answer about how you turn around the pessimistic attitude to adopting an optimistic attitude, knowing that that is, that is the attitude you needed to bring with you to the track, bring with you to win. Cause that's a winner's mindset right there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And the other thing that I've learned, um, uh, more recently is uh, from my uh, my golf buddy. <laughs> um, he actually wrote he wrote the the first philosophy of freedom book called Dualism. But in it, he describes the, the how human beings are conscious omnivores, and in nature there are two kinds of animals: prey animals and predator animals. Prey animals are, their food is everywhere. They, they're eating grasses and leaves. They don't have to worry about how they feed themselves, but they do have to worry about predators. So they're constantly on the, on the lookout. If something, if there's a sound that could be a predator, they're running away. And so they're purely reactional, reactionary to what goes on in their, in their lives. It's, it's inherently pessimistic. Predators, on the other hand, are successful in catching their prey 10% of the time. 
one out of 10 chances of catching their prey in order to eat and survive. <laughs> so predators are inherently optimistic. But those kind of odds, if you don't, if you don't have an optimistic frame of mind, you're going to starve. It's the same with us. We actually have two brains compared to all other animals. We have our executive brain, which is in the front of our head, and we have the limbic brain, which is, which is the prey brain in the back of our head. This is our predator brain. This is our, our prey brain. And um, the prey brain is activated automatically. There's, actually, there's a great quote that, that I learned about for the first time um, when I was in the hospital after, <laughs> after emergency surgery. And they had this on the wall in the hospital. And the quote is, tell me and I forget. Teach me and I may remember. Involve me and I learn and understand. And so that's what I do now. I involve people in their in in their lives, in their in their business, in a way that they learn and understand what's what's important for them. It's not my job to tell them what to do. It's my job to ask the questions so they come up with what they what they're going to do <laughs> to be most successful. That makes sense. That it does. That reminds me of um, a quote on a bar in Old Town, San Diego. It said, "My wife says I never listen to her." Or something like that. Anyway, um, <laughs> I am curious if you were sentenced to life in prison and the warden said to you, listen, you're only going to get one book in your jail cell. This is the only book you're going to have available to read the rest of your life. Why would you have that book as your choice? Start with why. Why did you go to prison in the first place? <laughs> Try to answer that <laughs> well, question. <laughs> it's yeah, but it's, it's, it's asking, you know, um, why is connecting to to that higher purpose that meaning in your life and even in prison you can have that and that to me is 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 uh uh the most important thing that in, in anyone's life is to really be consciously connected to 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 your why to your to your what you're what you're here for and also to be connected with your core values. Most, everybody has core values, but not everybody is aware of them. They are operating in the background. Um, but when you become aware of your core values, then you get to, uh, to really um, uh, thrive because you can get back on track when you get off track by recognizing that, holy cow, I'm, I'm not honoring my core value of, uh, whatever it is. My core values are love, intimacy, loyalty, innovation, and freedom. I can relate with those core values because I embrace them as well. Regarding, um, you know, your childhood, when you talked about your father wanting to keep you, and I think that was amazing that he did that. Who else in your life made the biggest impact into who you are today? I think my aunts were, were really wonderful. Um, because they always held me as in that in that higher place you know it's, it's like they, they they weren't there to tell me what to do they were there to empower me in whatever it is that i wanted to do and uh that was great plus um um the family that i used to go camping with for um 
11 years where the, the background <laughs> picture uh, is. Um, that was a great relationship too because, um, well, I, I grew up as a free-range kid and as most of, of my generation grew up as. So there was no daycare or those kind of things. And um, of course, most of the time, it only took one, one, one parent to earn enough money to support a family. Now it takes two parents <laughs> basically to support a family in a, lot, in a lot of cases. So that's why there is daycare and those kind of things. But as a, as, as a free range kid, I was free to go and do things. And, um, I did a lot of, a lot of cool things. Uh, growing up in San Francisco, most of the time, I was two blocks away from Golden Gate Park and did a lot of cool things <laughs> all on my own, unsupervised with friends. And <laughs> that doesn't happen anymore. That sounds like an incredible childhood. Um, I didn't have quite as cool a childhood as you. I still had some level of free range ability to go out and play. Um, I'm curious in all your life experience, um, did you get advice from somebody um, that you can reflect back on now and you can almost give others a warning and say, if you hear the same advice, run for the hills or don't take it seriously because this is not good advice. What would be that advice <laughs> you got that you can warn people about? If the advice that you're given doesn't have you feel good, ignore it. It has to make you feel good or at least have peace about it. Going back to your purpose, because you talked about the book, uh, What's Your Why?, I believe that we have many, many purposes that that we that we get to fulfill in our lives. How did you know that you found your passion, your purpose in race car driving? Because you're impacting a lot of lives with that after the oh, fact. You know, it's something that um, I, it's hard to say. It's something I was attracted to really early on, um, and. <laughs> we used to, living in in St. Francisco in the Sunset District. There's lots of hills, so uh, we would build coasters <laughs> to, to go coasting down down the hills, and um, we made them with uh, uh, transmission bearings. It would take the, the a lot of the guts out of the transmission bearings and and put them on on uh, uh, two by fours and and uh, what uh, <laughs> I used to put friction tape on the on on the front wheels and have the rear wheels be steel so that it would turn quickly but also get oversteer in other words the the back of the of the coaster would slide out around the corner and <laughs> I got my first race car driver training that way <laughs> before I could even drive. Did you ever see the Fast and the Furious movies, like the people who drift like that, like you're talking about? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Those, those are really cool. Um, Actually, this is usually one of the a best racing movies is um, Racing in the Rain. We just watched that again last night. <laughs> um, it's, it is by far the best movie about auto racing um ever made did you ever see ford versus ferrari oh yeah did you like that one as well yeah that was a good one too yeah um 
So I usually ask this question first, but I'll ask it to you now. So if I was a genie, but instead of three wishes, I could only grant you one wish, what would be the wish that I could grant you and why that wish? Live to be a centigenarian because I'm not done yet. And there's a whole lot of work to be done in terms of transforming our culture from, uh, from being pessimistic to being optimistic. Our country was built on, on optimism. And um, unfortunately, now there's a lot of pessimism. I don't watch the news anymore just because it drains your energy. I can relate and agree. I, I don't watch the news either just because I the news isn't it's sensational and it is to get you in a bad mood, so to speak. Yeah. So I, I try to stay away from that as well. But then what do you focus on besides reading? What are other things you do? to get yourself in the best and most empowering state? I have clients that I coach and the process of coaching people from that perspective of asking them questions that connect them to, to, their, to their values and, and, their, and their higher purpose and, and ask them the, the three magic words, how can I? <laughs> in front of anything that you want in your life. Um, that's that, in order to answer that question, this part of your brain is activated. This part of the brain can't even think about that. <laughs> and so that's, that's huge in our lives, is to remember to, uh, if you're, to ask anybody, so how can you do that? What could work for you? And actually, that's another great book is um, Tribal Leadership um, is, is a great book because it, it actually describes those, those levels of, of, of culture that I, that I mentioned earlier. Um, also, uh, Tim Galway and uh, Inner Game, that's, uh, that's an amazing book because it really um, sets up how people naturally learn. I mean, there's a great video of Tim Galway um, on, online um, early on in his career when he, he has, he has a, a, an overweight 50-plus-year-old woman learning to play tennis, and he's using the inner game methods, and she is volleying the, the ball back and forth across the net in 15 minutes. How long does it take a, a, a person to learn how to play tennis <laughs> when they're being told how to do it? That's great. I love that. Um, so to wrap this up, was there a question that we didn't ask you that we should have asked you that you'd like to share? And maybe how do you build trust? Because that's the second thing to optimism is building trust. And the most important way to build trust is to engage in a conversation with the other person that you acknowledge and appreciate qualities that you see in them. If you can establish that as a norm in your life and in your business, your business will explode in terms of productivity and engagement. And a line that I'm that I want to, that I'm using now is I help business owners be able to take vacations with no worries, everything's going to be fine while they're gone. <laughs> That's a great line. And it was so wonderful to have you share, Robert. I've really enjoyed uh, your ch 
childhood story to how you became a race car driver and turning around from, you know, using optimism and trust to help your clients achieve more in life. And that's incredible. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciated having you on. To learn more about Ivy and the CIA, go to ivyandthecia.com. To learn more about Dan Crum, go to dancrum.com.